0: Hello! Welcome to Math for Knitters. I'm your host, Lara. Um, it's very cold here today. <laughs> this is episode number 32 and it is 10 degrees for high today in South Dakota and 100% chance of snow. <laughs> so, wherever you are, I'm hoping you're keeping warm. I'm certainly keeping warm. I feel very lucky today to be able to just be at home. Um. So anyway, uh, just a little business here. I uh, would like to thank the people who left comments after my last show. Uh, That's Lori Angela, Saffron, and someone called Jersey Shore Deb. And especially uh, Jersey Shore Deb, thank you for letting me know about the problem with iTunes. I uh, went back and I actually looked at what is available on iTunes and it looks like we're missing Let's see, about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're missing eight episodes off of iTunes, and I don't know why. It seems like it started um, after 22, they kind of stopped. And I think it may be because of the crash that my hard drive had back in May. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a show, and then I'm going to append, add to that show... A rerun of an old show. So today, the rerun is um, episode number 23. And instead of, I'm, I'm doing this instead of just rebuilding the feed because I'm worried that it still wouldn't work right. So this way, if you have heard the episode before, you can just move on. And if you, once you've heard the new part, and if you haven't, uh, you'll have it all together. And I'm just going to type here for a second because I want to tell you where the show notes were for that show before I, because I'm not going to repost the show notes. I'll just tell you when the show was. Um, Let me look. And this was a long time ago. So that's a little embarrassing. Um, Episode 23 is called All Grown Up. And it first ran in November of 2006. And so if you go to the website for the show, which is math4knitters, that's the number four, dot blogspot dot com, you'll see um, what I'm doing. And on that show, there's actually a lot of photographs, unlike my usual non photograph self, which is really embarrassing since I'm a photographer. Um, I was talking about knitting vintage socks, uh, a book that I really liked. And, uh, or wait, I think it was a website. Let me look here. Oh, it's not there anymore. Huh. Weird. Okay, I need to relink that, obviously. Uh, yeah, kn- Knitting Vintage Socks, which is a book that I bought. And I did a short row toe demo for anyone who's interested in how to do that. It, it seems difficult, but trust me, it's really not. And you get to see my beautiful uh, red piece fleece yarn and my my desk <laughs> in this demo. So, um Yeah that that will be great okay on to the, to today's show today I'm just going to talk really quickly about first of all um, Ravelry I'm on Ravelry uh, math for knitters so look me up if you like and uh, one of the great one of the great things about Ravelry my favorite thing is that you can look for who's done this project that you're thinking of what needles they used what yarn they used And you can also look for the yarn. So for instance, I looked up Bartlett yarns after the two-ply fisherman yarn after last week when I asserted that it would not in any way shrink when you fold it. And I discovered that people have actually done like fold projects with this stuff, like cat beds. I don't know what they're doing to get it to fall. Um, If any of you know, I guess I could message the people, but I haven't done that yet. (laughs) Um, So don't Take it completely for sure that it won't ever shrink. So please, <laughs> maybe it's just the first, the first wash because of, of the lanolin keeps it from shrinking. Could be the second time it shrinks. So just be careful. Always be careful with your hand knits. And um, I'm a big fan of wool. Keeps me warm, especially where I live. I need it. And I try to be nice to it. I actually have started using um, a no wash or no rinse wool wash. Um, what is it called? Oh, this is going to drive me nuts. It's kind of this newish stuff. It's not clan. It's something else. Okay, now I have to look it up. I'm sorry. I'm a bad podcaster. As Lime and Violet would say, bad podcaster, no cookie. But I think I can find it here. No rinse wool. Okay, sorry for the big pause here uh let's see huh it's funny i'm finding a lot of diaper diaper stuff (laughs) that's interesting um it's called soak there it is yay it's called soak and i really like it um what i do when i do it is i fill my washing washing machine to whatever level usually extra small for washing, you know, a sweater. And then I add the wool wash and let it agitate for a second. And then I add the sweater or whatever I'm washing and push it down into the suds, stop stop the washer obviously first, and then leave it alone for like say 20 minutes. And then if I'm really worried about the garment, I will just gently pull it out and put it on a towel while I uh, drain the water from the washer. But most garments I'm not quite that careful about. I just put the wash washer all the way to the spin cycle and start it. And sometimes I have to sit with it to make sure it doesn't walk off. Or sometimes I'll add a towel at that step um, to keep it, the load balanced because I usually only wash one item at a time because I don't have that many that are the same color. So spin. I let it spin completely out and then I pull it out of the washer and lay it out flat to dry. And there, I'm done. It's great. And the, having with that, w- before I was using no rinse, I used baby shampoo, which works great. But in order to rinse it, I would have to pull the garment out, empty the washer, fill the washer again, put the garment back in, leave it another 15, 20 minutes, pull the garment out, spin it. And so, sometimes I did that twice, depending. So this is really saving me lots of time, which is great. But anyway, so there's my little uh, spiel about barlett Yarns. And then today I'm going to give you an example of using uh, WIPHIM to resize something. And um, I'm going to just go through a hat example. And don't worry if you don't have a pen or pencil right now, because I'm going to show my work on the blog. So here we go. Let's say you want to size up a pattern by changing the yarn. So for instance you found a pattern for a infant newborn baby hat that you think is adorable and you figure out that it is supposed to be 15 inches around and it's knit at 6 stitches to an inch but you have a three year old uh, who has an 18 inch, who needs an 18 inch hat and you want so you want to work at 5 stitches to an inch because that gives you um, 18, that gives you the right width to change to five stitches an inch. So you you pull out your needles and your yarn and you go away. And now, generally, I would say, go ahead and just follow all the directions for the hat because it's not such a big deal if a hat is too long, although there are people who really don't like long hats. But what this will do, just changing the yarn and the needles to a new gauge will be like putting the pattern through a copy and hitting the enlarge button, in this case, by 25, perc- no, 20%. 20 um, so from five to six stitches to an inch is about is about a 20% larger size. Okay. So, in fact, it's exactly 20%. I'm just looking at my numbers. <laughs> but so what that would do is your row gauge for your old yarn was probably, or for the five for the six six stitches an inch was probably close to eight and a half rows an inch and your row gauge for your new yarn is only seven rows per an inch. So if you just say you had 51 rows after cast on before shaping on the hat, you your new hat would be 7.3 inches deep, um, which for some people would be too deep. I, I don't think hats can be too deep, but I live in a very cold place. If I were making a cotton hat for a child who lived in Florida, I might worry that they wouldn't like it hanging into their eyes. <laughs> or sticking up over their head, um, and being called cone heads, which my dad used to to do to me. Dad, if you're listening, I still remember when you used to call me a cone head when I wore a stocking cap when I was a kid, and I'm not happy about it. (laughs) But, so what you would do then, is instead of just following row per row instructions and knitting 51 rows after you cast on and before you shape, you would say, well, how many inches is that? so in this example, let me bring up my calculator okay in this example if you knit 51 rows at 8.5 rows an inch that would be 51 divided by eight point five, six inches deep which is pretty good for a baby size of hat I don't know about a three-year-old if you have a three-year-old you can measure their head and see where you want the hat to fall. Uh, but if you wanted the hat to only be six inches deep, then all you'd have to do is, is use the second part of that equation and say, OK, a height in measurements. So for instance, um, you would just cast on your, uh, cast on your stitches and work for six inches and then do your decreases. And one of the reasons I used a hat for an example for this is the there's really very little shaping. And the shaping at the top of the hat is going to work pretty much the same uh, no matter what your gauge is. You're still going to be dividing by eight and decreasing by eight every other row, or decreasing by four every row, or decreasing by 16 every three row, what four rows, whatever. And that's how you're going to make your hat, no matter what your gauge is. Um, So there you go. Um, That's an example. Um, I think next week, or next time I do a show, which might be next week, but I don't know, I might do a sleeve as an example. Um, But if you have any specific questions or things that you want me to apply this theory to, please, please, please leave me a comment or email me and I will try to oblige you as soon as I can. Okay, it's great talking to you. I hope I didn't talk too fast. Sometimes I get a little excited (laughs) and ahead of myself, and I talk too fast, but hopefully I didn't do that too much this time. But okay, thanks for listening, and coming up in a few seconds, you're going to have episode number 23 uh, of Math for Knitters. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, welcome to Math for Knitters! This is episode number 23, and in order to be as confusing as possible, (laughs) it is also number 21 in the Fibonacci sequence. Now, up to now, I've been trying to follow the sequence pretty, I guess the word I would use would be literally, and I had been trying to come up with a pattern or a technique that specifically had the number 21 in it, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> so instead, I'm looking at it as, um, in the US, it is the drinking age, the legal drinking age. And so for a lot of people, it's considered kind of a landmark year when you're kind of more of a adult. Of course, you don't act like one, <laughs> but or I didn't, but, um, it's it's kind of a big year, so I guess it's appropriate that it's happening, that this show is coming up on the same time as I'm making big changes to the website of the show, and I know that some people don't like when podcasters talk about the nuts and bolts of podcasting, but it's just become such a big deal that I feel like I really need to. Um, I've known for a while that Some people are having trouble downloading the show, either directly or through the feed or both, and I've been really trying to come up with a way to make it better and more accessible, and so I am experimenting with using Mac's iWeb software to make the feed. And I put up the very first show on Thursday, and I thought, well, or I don't know if it was Thursday, but sometime... And I've already gotten feedback from someone that it doesn't work for them. And so I'm really annoyed <laughs> about that. I, I just want the thing to work and I'm really tired of it not working for everyone. And I'm really sorry if you're someone who's having a hard time with it. But what I've decided to do for now is... Okay, the iWeb software, making a link in the software is much easier than in Blogspot, in my opinion. Adding a photo is much easier, in my opinion. The only problem is that particular way that that site publishes only has so much um, web space and only has so much uh, traffic ability, as opposed to the way that I've been doing it, which is supposedly unlimited in both those respects. If you're someone for whom the show has always worked, Don't worry, nothing is changing for you. And if you're someone who has had problems or is having problems, please uh, refer to the other site and I will have that linked in the show notes. And those are still at math4knitters, that's that's the number 4, dot blogspot.com. All right, so I had kind of an up and down week (laughs) on um, Monday... I think it was, my laptop died, um, the hard drive failed, and I got really upset about it, um, although I'm, I am am thankful that it happened after my uh, graduate thesis was due, so it didn't screw that up, that's all done, but I was still really irritated <laughs> that my my beautiful little computer wasn't working right, and so I waited and cried a little. And then on Friday I took it into the shop and it started right up like nothing happened. And I said, well, just swap it out anyway. So I got a new hard drive. So I have a lot more space, which is nice. And also on that same, uh, at the same day, my solace was that, um, my listeners last month had given me a fairly large amount of money, um, about $50 for books. So I got to go book shopping, (laughs) which made me feel a lot better. So I went and picked up a couple of volumes and I had also bought a book for myself, um, in the interim, just because I can't help myself. And I'm going to be reviewing those in the weeks to come. And also in going through my old episodes, old episodes to put them on the new website, I am discovering all of the places where I said I would do things and didn't do them, like make a little short short row toe with pictures to tell you exactly what to do, which I think I did in episode four, which was a long time ago. So part of why I'm kind of behind in the new episodes is I stopped this after- afternoon and um, actually made a little... A little toe and photographed it and put that all together in the show so that's that up there for you and um, right now it's only on the new site it isn't on the old site but I am going to add that uh, oh let me put that on my to-do list oh that's my chair squeaking sorry um, let's see add photos so, uh, hopefully I can get everything up and nice looking and descriptive enough for everyone. If anyone wants to make a particular request at something that they feel wasn't illustrated well enough in an earlier show, now is the time to tell me, because that's what I'm doing. So, all the way up to episode 4 is on the new site, although I have already heard from someone that it didn't work for them, and I'm really, really upset about that. But Anyway, uh, one of the lovely books I got this week is called Knitting Vintage Socks, New Twists on Classic Patterns. It's by Nancy Bush. And I was really attracted to this book in the first place because I I love Interweave Press. I love their layout. I love their instructions. I love their little diagrams. I love everything about their books. And the only problem, the only reason I hadn't bought this book already is that I am not really a big sock knitter. I'm just not, I'm not. And I think maybe I will be after I try a couple more (laughs) out of, out of this book. And also I have some sock yarn laying around now, which I didn't have before, but I read it really carefully yesterday while I was waiting for my uh, turkey bones to boil for my soup. So I'm just going to talk to you from my notes. Basically, um, it's, one of the one of the things I really like about it is the way it's bound. It has a spiral binding, or spiral binding, with a hard cover on the top, so it won't get tangled in your yarn. But it all it also stays open, the way you want it to be when you're working from it. So it's really nice. And I also like it that uh, Nancy Bush acknowledges her photographer <laughs> in the acknowledge- acknowledgements page and. I don't see that a lot, and it makes me happy because I'm a photographer, and the photos in the book are all lovely and inspiring, and the book is also interspersed with illustrations from Weldon's Practical Needlework, um, with the, its stockings series, which began in 1886. And basically, I don't know if you've heard anything about this book, but basically, it is patterns from that uh, Weldon's Practical Needlework reinterpreted uh, for modern yarns and modern knitters, and very, very cool for me to see something like the new sock that's been knit in the modern, nice new yarns, you know, and then an illustration of of the original sock, and it's really cool to see um, how little sock knitting has actually changed in all that time. And also, if you read the introduction and the text of the book carefully, you will see her approach to using someone else's pattern and her own common sense to turn out what she wants to knit. And I really think that is kind of the crux of of this show and of my knitting philosophy, is that in the end, you can use someone else's work as a starting point and then make it your own. And I really hope that, I've encouraged you all to do that. Um, So basically there's also a good little section about the history of the magazine and knitting in England in general and she relies heavily on Richard Rutt's History of Hand Knitting which is a fantastic book and if you don't own it and if you can't afford it go to the library and get it because it's just a wonderful book. But um, it seems fairly in line with that so Um, that's quite good. Also just general advice on sock knitting and maybe the reason I'm not a big sock knitter is because it seems like every pair of socks I make (laughs) has something go wrong. (laughs) I run out of yarn or you know it doesn't fit right or it's too big or it's too small or this stupid thing will not stay up and I'm in the process right now of finishing some socks and also um, starting to Uh, fix some socks that I had made before without enough ribbing so they fall down and you know it's that kind of a question like how do I prevent the the looseness in between the needles how do I make sure the thing is going to fit me how do I pick my colors how do I pick my yarn how do I pick my needle size and those sorts of things that really stop me from being a big sock knitter I'm becoming a little more confident now and in fact yesterday I wore my very cozy worsted weight merino knee-high socks in the house just so I could stay warm and I felt very nice. They're they're just a spiral uh knit sock. Actually there's a sock in the book which is very similar. Um they're called she calls them bed socks or sleeping socks and that's so I have a little more c- confidence now, but I'm still just not sure about certain things. And so I really like her descriptive, somewhat chatty style of introducing each pattern. And it's all, of course, it's all very well laid out and very well um, organized, which I like. Okay, also, she talks about four heels and six different toes. So you could try all these different styles. And then she starts the book with four simple ribbed socks. And in fact, the socks I'm finishing right now are ribbed, and I hope that means they won't fall down. Because <laughs> there's nothing I hate more than socks that fall down. So, and then starting on page 34 with the patterns, there's actually a little timeline at the bottom of the page with an arrow that shows when that pattern was first published. So it was really cool to see that, your so- that this sock pattern was printed at the same time as the first uh, sewing machine. First electric sewing machine was being made, so i I just got a big kick out of that um also don't be the only thing that kind of fooled me at first is don't be fooled by the names of the socks. A lot of the socks are named like child's sock for this child's sock for that child's first sock, but they're really a woman's size, like a small woman's size or even big enough for me. I wear a size eight shoe in in u s and so when you're looking for a sock to knit for yourself or for someone else, I really encourage you to skip the title altogether and look at the shoe size that she gives you in, in the notes. Um, there are some actual infant socks in the book, but there are way more women's socks. And there's also quite a few socks for men, which I think will make um, our male knitters happy and also the, the people who knit for men. Um, so that's good. And I like also that she explains how she's altered the pattern to fit her sensibility or, or her choices. Also, I just have to say, there is some a baby pattern called the baby's uh, boot can, I believe. And it's just darling. I cannot wait to make these. And also, um, real ladies' stockings with garters that go all the way up the leg, which I think is fantastic. And she says it would be great for people who you know, or do do period dressing or do historical um, reenactment, but I also think it would just be neat <laughs> just to have stockings, um, but that's me um, also she has socks with clocks and they're at first I thought they were duplicate stitch but they're not, they're really um, knit into the pattern which I thought was kind of fun and of course a great glossary of terms in the back, and a bibliography and everything you would want in uh, a very fine knitting book and i can't wait to do some of the patterns i will post a link to one of the places you can buy the book online although i do encourage you to go to your local yarn shop and see if you can find it there also i haven't looked to see if there are any errata online yet but i will look and if there are any then i will link to those too um, because i know how frustrating it is to get into a pattern and then realize that There's errata that you didn't know about, (laughs) and now your uh, dishcloth is far too short to actually be useful. Um, Just an example from my own life. So that's it. Um, Hopefully after now, I'm going to stop saying that I hope things will settle down because that seems to create trouble for me. (laughs) So I'm just going to say that I am so grateful and thankful to, to you guys for being there. And I am making, going to make a real effort to make sure that the show comes out more regularly and that I manage to get enough content. I am going to stop the Fibonacci sequence pretty soon because I think we're getting to numbers that I don't find especially useful. And it was really cool when it was 2, 3, 5, and (laughs) 8, and even 13, but now uh, I think I may have hit the logical limit for that series. So I'm going to have to come up with some other common thread to keep me brainstorming and keep me going with the show. But as always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope everything goes well for you this week, and happy knitting!